1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Working Overtime, Working's biweekly weekly advice-focused Grogu to Working's Mandalorian. I'm your host, Karen
0: Hahn. I'm your other host, June Thomas, and I'm going to pretend like I'm so hip. I absolutely get that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you've seen Grogu before. You definitely
0: know of Baby Yoda, yeah. which I think is enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I have, I have a vague sense I couldn't pass an exam about it, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I know what world it belongs to and all of that. So sure. If I showed you a picture, you'd be like, that's, that's him. So exactly. gloria. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is enough. <laughs> Here's the thing. Again, I know you can ace this quiz if you put your mind to it. And I think that relates pretty well to the topic I want to talk about today, Mm. which is something we've touched on a lot on this show, but maybe not totally tried diving into. And that is how to be kinder to ourselves. Mm. I think this principle comes up a lot. We've talked about feeling guilty about taking breaks, for instance. But in this particular case, I wanted to talk about being kind to oneself with specific regard to the feeling that you're not accomplishing enough. I know I've had this feeling a lot.
0: Have you, June? Oh, Karen, I definitely have. (laughs) And it can be really tricky because I am Mm -hmm. very conscious that feeling bad about being insufficiently productive, does absolutely nothing to solve the problem. In fact, it makes it worse. Yeah. But knowing that doesn't necessarily get me out of that particular, you know, mental Ouroboros. It's totally maddening.
1: I totally agree. Which brings me to my next question, Mm -hmm. which is, do you have anything in particular that you'll do when that feeling gets to you? I don't think this feeling has a cure-all, really. But I think like the act of taking a walk to clear your head, there are at least some temporary fixes out there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the key in my experience is to put yourself in a situation that is just different on some fundamental level from your routine or usual situation, Mm -hmm. taking a walk, taking a shower. I've even dreamed about going to a remote location and screaming, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because when you do those things, you're outside, you're in a cascade of water or, you know, you're far from the madding crowd yelling at the sky. Yeah, it's hard sometimes to find, like, the
1: smaller scale or, like, more immediately possible solutions. Yes, yes.
0: And I think this feeling is also
1: particularly hard to avoid when you're working on something that involves other people and is slowed down, so to speak, in that way because you're waiting on them to do something, Mm -hmm. or when you're working on something long-term. For instance, when working on my book, there were definitely days where I would have written throughout the day, but then at the end feel like I hadn't done anything because I hadn't finished a chapter or something like that, which would in itself be a lot given that the chapters in my book were expected to run around 5,000 words. But I still felt that way. Have you encountered this in working on your book, or do you have a healthier outlook
0: on it? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I always have a healthier... No. No, I definitely (laughs) have had that experience. And, you know, it's so frustrating because like I've put in the hours, I've achieved deep Mm -hmm. focus and I feel good about the work that I've done, but I still can get down on myself because I quote unquote, don't have anything to show for it. And having something to show for it generally means a word count or a page count that I'd kind of set for myself. And that is just wrong. And I think it's really hard to kind of waste your time. You always have something to show for it, right? And even if the unlikely event that you spent all day working, you felt kind of productive, but actually what you had written wasn't usable, that actually Mm -hmm. also has helped you because, you Mm -hmm. know, finding the wrong words or the wrong structure is a step to the right words and the right structure. So I think it, fundamentally, it's a goal problem. If what you need to do on a particular day or at a particular stage of the process involves, for example, research or editing or figuring out structure rather than putting words on the page, then you have to find a goal for yourself that isn't about word count.
1: You are totally on the money. Some progress is tangible. Other kinds of progress aren't. And you have yeah. to learn to kind of distinguish that. Yeah. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with a little more advice on how to make yourself feel better about the work that you've done.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's
2: PTA meeting. Really?
0: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C., But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Hey, listeners, is there a particular creative struggle you'd like to hear
0: us tackle let us know by emailing us at working at slate.com, or even better, you can call us and leave a message at 304 933 9675. That's 304 933 W O R K.
1: So we were just talking about how to make progress feel more tangible. And I think one of the major things that comes up in terms of accomplishing this is making a to-do list. You get to check things off on your list as you go. And that simple act lends you a sense of accomplishment, especially if you take the trouble to break the big tasks you have down into smaller parts. And I wanted to know, June, are you a to-do list keeper and why or why not?
0: Karen, I am 100 percent to do list keeper. (laughs) You know, I I do like having that rush from reminding yourself what you've achieved as you just uh, described. I think that's really important. But also, as David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done, famously put it, Your mind is for having ideas, not holding them. If you have any hope of achieving a focused state for writing or whatever your thing is, you have to be able to get unrelated thoughts out of your head so they don't intrude when you're Mm -hmm. trying to concentrate. And the way that I am able to do that is to write them down. Like it could be on a paper, it could be in an app, but just get that stuff out of your head. And then, of course... There's kind of another part of this, which is you do have to consult your list and actually do the things. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that getting them out of your head and doing them are really two different parts of the process. They're almost unrelated for me. What about you? I totally
1: agree with what you said about in writing the thing you have to do down and then accomplishing it. And in a small way, like even finishing your to-do list is like a little accomplishment <laughs> totally. that day. You're like, oh, like I've done this task that I have to do. Uh, that said, I am not really a to-do list keeper, but that is not for thinking that it doesn't work for me. It's just that I'm very bad at reminding myself to do things like that, which is mm. maybe the whole point of having a to-do list to Indeed. begin with. <laughs> but I do have a follow-up to-do list question, which is, do you believe in putting personal to-do things on there, or do you believe in keeping it just work-related? Because I know some people put personal reminders on their to-do lists, like doing the laundry or even smaller self-care tasks, like going to go take a walk or drinking enough water.
0: I do. And mostly because the capture function, you know, the getting the ideas out of your head and into whatever system you use, it needs to be complete. So Mm
1: -hmm. whatever
0: it is that I'm focused on, and again, it doesn't have to be writing. It could be watching a movie or going out to dinner with friends. I don't want to feel that there are random ideas or, you know, uncaptured tasks floating around my head, like a swarm of butterflies Mm -hmm. getting in the way of the film or the conversation. And the way that I achieve that is just to write them down.
1: That's nice that it also offers you some clarity like throughout your day, not just in terms of what you have to do, but just kind of reassurance in a way. Again, I usually don't keep a to-do list myself, but I do like taking stock at the end of a given year or period of what I've gotten done. And that tends to make me feel a little better or feel kind of similarly, I think. Mm. It's sort of a reverse to-do list in that respect. It's a, I've done this list. Um, Do you do anything like that? Or does this kind of get, get wrapped up into the the idea of New Year's resolutions or something like that.
0: So I also love to look back at the end of the year. To me, it's really Mm. fun you know, to look at achievements of various kinds. You know, what you very nicely described as a reverse to-do list. I mean, (laughs) what books did I read? What podcasts did I make? What did I learn? You know, it all sounds a little bit earnest, but like that makes me feel good. I definitely emphasize the what went well side of things. Of course. But I do also find it useful to at least note the things that didn't go well and Think about what I could do to address those situations. You know, do I have responsibilities that routinely bring me down? Do Mm. I keep stumbling on one particular task or area of my life or responsibilities? And if so, it's really a good thing to ask yourself do I really have to keep doing those things? I mean, the answer might be yes, but I want to at least try to figure out if I can remove negative experiences from my life. And some of those things might become New Year resolutions, but resolutions feel more like they're about habits rather than big life changes. So I tend to think of New Year's resolutions as fun and all, but you know, more just like a, a habit rather than anything bigger.
1: Yeah, that's a really wonderful way of framing those ideas. We are going to take another little break, but we'll be back with our final thoughts on not beating yourself up too hard after
0: this. Listeners, I just want to remind you that if you're enjoying working overtime, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you to rate or review the show. It really does help new listeners to find us. And if Overcast is your app of choice, as it is for me, please hit the star to recommend the episode to others.
1: Okay, so I think there's also a broader question that we can talk about that's related to this topic of kind of being kind to yourself about your accomplishments, which is how we set barometers for our own success, which I think you sort of touched on this earlier, because ultimately, we're feeling bad about this stuff, because we haven't met whatever standard that we've set, right?
0: Yeah, totally. It's it's just really easy to have your goals be about the final stage of a project. I'm going to have my pitch greenlit. It's all about when my book comes out. But there are so Mm. many steps along the way and so many other people involved and so many potential random events that could get (laughs) in the way that just make that inadvisable and it's kind of self-defeating. At the same time, I also think it's important to keep yourself on track. You know, if you have a deadline that is oh, I don't know, let's just randomly, randomly say January 31st. (laughs) January 21st would not be a good time to be wondering if you're going to meet it. So breaking things down to a series of milestones so that you can have the reassurance that you're on track, or if you're not, so you can figure out how to fix that, will really help you, Mm -hmm. again, like feel good about yourself. And then there's one more part to this that you know, it kind of goes back to something I said a little while ago, and I think it's really hard for people to hear this, Mm -hmm. or, you know, to face, which it has been for me anyway, is that I think it is also good for us as humans who deserve happiness to be constantly asking ourselves, is this what I really want to be doing? And You know, if you decide that it's not, then you have to make a plan to change. Unless you're in a very fortunate situation, you can't just, you know, do a hard stop and and just like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What's next later? Like, no, let's be realistic. Doesn't work quite like that. But if you're not enjoying things that are consuming a lot of your time, at least start considering some other options.
1: Yeah, there's ultimately nobody who's in charge of that ship besides you. Um, Sometimes unexpected things happen. Like, we've all experienced being laid off. But at the same time, like, hopefully you'll have the ability to make some sort of plan. Mm -hmm. And with that said, I think it's also just useful to remember that a lot of things aren't within your control, but that you can do your best with the things that are. For instance, the process of pitching anything really is so laborious Mm -hmm. and a rejection can be just as much about your writing as it can be about other factors that are totally separate from you. Less market for original content, they already have someone writing that, they're not being interested in science fiction or something, the list really just goes on. Yeah. And you can only do your best with what you have power over, which is yourself. And within that little space, it's important to remember that even the smallest amount of progress is still progress.
0: Absolutely. You know, if having a goal, what can you do sitting down doing it? Like mm-hmm. that's the greatest thing. And yeah, yeah, just celebrate what you're able to achieve, celebrate what you're able to make and invent and create for yourself. That's really cool. And just don't, lose track of how cool that is because you're focused on some huge goal that as you so accurately say, Karen, there are so many things that I can get in the middle of that that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with you. So you've got to celebrate your own, your own fun, you know, have fun doing things. Don't lose sight of that.
1: Yeah, those are some real words of wisdom, and I think a really nice way to wrap up uh, the time that we have for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have questions you'd like us to address, we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at workingatslate.com or give us a ring at 304-933-WORK.
0: And if you'd like to support what we do, sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash working plus. You'll get bonus content, including exclusive episodes of Slow Burn and Big Mood Little Mood, extra segments of shows like Working, the Culture Gabfest, The Waves, and you'll be supporting the work that we do right here on Working.
1: Big thanks to Kevin Bendis and to our series producer Cameron Drews. We'll be back on Sunday with a brand new episode of Working, and in two weeks we'll have another Working overtime. Until then, get back to work.